I've missed this. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Housewives Archives, a podcast where we discuss in great depth all things real housewives. My name is James Evans, and if she doesn't talk about it, she'll get sick, she'll get cancer, and die. <laughs> it's my co-host, Ellie Dunn. Oh, I've missed that intro that did something all oh, warm and fuzzy to my Yeah, yeah. I, I felt all the, the fuzzy feelings. Having complained, both of us, so much at the end of the last season about how stressful it was fitting it into our schedule and it had become quite like a chore to watch Housewives and especially with Teresa and New Jersey I can't believe how much I've missed talking about it especially because the last episode we recorded was almost tied up exactly with me finishing the stressful job so that suddenly like I would have really liked to have had the podcast yeah you kind of went from it's quite the sudden shift for you well to go from everything to nothing this sad life that you're leading right now with nothing oh no okay Uh, um yeah uh i actually did a weird sort of roller coaster dip of i went like 100 to naught and then like back to 100 for a month and literally since two days ago i've gone back to naught where my body doesn't know what's going on or what day it is yeah how was crazy cox crazy cox was great um Saw the sock puppet action. For anyone who doesn't know, just to be clear, that Crazy Cox isn't like a sex show mm. that I do. I was going <laughs> to say... That's at another yeah, place. Yeah. That's... <laughs> <laughs> that's the other job. Exactly. It's confusing because that one has a classy name. Anyway. Right. Um, yeah, this month has been mad. I've done like six one night things. And one night things are weird because they take as much prep as anything else. But then it's like just a one night. Like the, you have to Stand. rehearse it all on the day. Oh. and just okay. It's a lot. So, it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing, yeah. and it's just been—it's a month of a whole thing. I had—I uh, I was really ill, and then I had to do these back-to-back oh, back concerts, no. and then I had to go up to Manchester for a show, and then I was—it's just it's Roger Carr five times. It's been it's, too it's, much. It's, to, it's been a lot for me to explain to you. Mm. Whereas someone's coming to me from underneath a heavy tash. Thank you. I'm going for a Burt Reynolds look here. I'll let you be the judge of whether that's been successful. Yeah, I definitely didn't greet James on the Zoom saying oh it's funny i just watched a documentary where louis through met pedophiles with similar mustaches yeah it wasn't quite the response i was i was looking for <laughs> i feel like i really brought you back down to earth with our podcast that it's just uh, it's, like yeah, we haven't it, seen it each other for grounded. a few weeks and... yeah 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 um <laughs> stay humble well i'm struggling with the sort of angle of the mustache maybe andy can give me some pointers because he rocks a good mustache but he i don't what's going on with your angle i think it's going slightly further down so it's sort of giving me a very hmm Sort of like... Oh, I uh, like it. That's what gives you the Tom Selleck ingredient. Oh, okay. Oh, great. Okay. I'll yeah, I think if it didn't go down mm. a little bit, maybe it would look... <laughs> <laughs> I'm really I'm really trying to be careful about what I say because mm. I just... I don't want to say something that's bad rep for the podcast. I think it looks great. I think it looks really, really good. Great. There's no rep for the podcast. The rep is already pretty and bad. That's true. I think yeah. exactly. I think it all fell off I sometime. Know, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all, it's all falling apart. <laughs> around, yeah, our kind of 15th whinge at the end of the last season. Yeah, what a couple of misery bags we were. But it's so nice to be back. And on Halloween, no less. Yeah. Happy Halloween, everyone. I mean, it won't be Halloween. Not that it's going to come out on out, Halloween. But... Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. in true, in true. <laughs> In true house, I couldn't even remember the name of our podcast just then. Oh, for fuck's sake. In true housewives archives fashion, we didn't even manage to line this up to like drop on Halloween. We I'm... just decided to record it on Halloween. Yeah, it's like a, a Carlton esque moment where we came together for one night to sort of join hands and put out something truly mediocre into the universe. 
and play havoc. I wonder where Carlton is. I think about that all the time. I was thinking about this at BravoCon, and I have decided that I actually couldn't think of anywhere I least like to be at BravoCon because it was so intense, and there were so many viral videos of women just like stampeding to get into various panels for various things. And I was actually thinking this wouldn't be my scene anyway, because if I was running BravoCon, Carlton would be there. And she'd be like doing a seance or there'd be like mm. a panel of one season flops. Like that's the kind of Bravo con I want God, to see. We would, do you know? su- we would sort such good content, wouldn't we? It would be so good. By the way, this is like a mild sidebar, but I went to see ABBA Voyage last night. It's quite mm-hmm. a big sidestep, actually. ABBA Voyage? Do you know what that is? No. Oh, my lordy. Well, for anyone who doesn't know in the US, an arena has been built in the UK specifically for this concert called ABBA Voyage, where it's like ABBA in concert, but they're holograms. Oh, that. They're like holograms of their younger selves. Right. But it's done so that it's like going to like a massive gig, but you have to keep reminding yourself that they're not there. And it's more like just watching a screen. It's really weird. It's very, very like discombobulating, but great and amazing. And it it was such good fun. But... I just want to know what you think about this. A, really rogue. They began with two songs that weren't famous ABBA songs. And I was like, guys, guys, know your audience. Like, yeah. we want we want you to go straight in with like... Like, gimme, gimme, gimme or something. Right. Yeah. Oh, what a great opener right. that would be. Okay, second of all, they didn't sing Super Trooper or oh. Take a Chance on Me. Oh, was it their new stuff, the two songs at the beginning? No, th- because yeah, it's... and they did a couple of new songs, I think. And that was, and like, it was fine. But I would have considered those to be like two quite major ABBA songs that you want to hear. More than like Summer Night City and things like that, which they did. And to me, that would be like going to BravoCon and finding out that there was no Carlton. Indeed, yeah. You want to open with Carlton. Oh, that would be so good, wouldn't it? It would be like the, the arena. <laughs> It'll be O2 Arena. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then a hologram of Carlton comes out, like a a hooded figure, a hooded figure, and there's just a spotlight on her. And then there's some kind of like muttering incantations, and then she'll be like... someone says, we can't hear you, and she goes, goes, really? (laughs) Really? Exactly. And the crowd goes wild. She said it, yeah! And then eventually she's like, let this bloody Bravo con commence. And everyone's like, pyrotechnics, lights. Yeah. Joyce is just like there. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And like full like Miss World regalia leading the national anthem or something. Oh my God. Barbara Kay's there. She's like coming out on a But no one really noticed. She's like, her light didn't work when she came (laughs) on. Exactly. (laughs) Oh my God, I wish. That's my Bravo con. The people's Bravo con. So... Explain why you do have the heavy moustache, um, because we never got there. Right, so it's it's for a play, and a I play. it's a play. It, for those of you who listen to the podcast, I have mentioned previously, every single acting job I have, I like to, in my mind, subtly insist that 
the character be blonde just so I can see what it's like and then inevitably when I look dreadful blame it on the job even though I ask for it's for the it's for this gig I have to do it's just like I know I look dreadful I look awful don't look at me the job don't look at me it's not permanent I didn't get my way I'm still a frumpy brunette but instead what I got was a moustache which I'll take that's probably my number two I've always wondered what I would look like Mm -hmm. with a moustache and it definitely gives you this air of being able to be like you get to spend the whole autumn going oh it's for this period play i'm in exactly and yeah it's always like a good conversation starter so it's like a two-one win where i have my mustache and then i get to talk about the job that that you're in a play oh i'm so happy yeah i think you'd appreciate it because we just finished up a week of tech a week of tech for a noel coward Mm. play it's quite impressive that's insane yeah what happens in this play just lights up like the sound like your standard run-of-the-mill no coward play <laughs> not even blithe spirit there's no like ghostly lights is down think lights, <laughs> lights is down lights is just up lights up, up. lights <laughs> is, is down texas texas thank you diana and it's like that amazing point in tech where everyone like huddles into corners just to kind of like bitch and moan about anything oh, and it's like really it's infectious it's really fun and anything happens you'll just be like hear what she said and I mean honestly it's like no one that knows what the hell is going on around here and it's like yeah every actor suddenly acts like they could run myself yeah. included yeah it's just like this is ridiculous why aren't we should be running that this doesn't make any sense I mean should... if I was running the show what you're doing and you're like taking off uh, yeah, your makeup exactly. or like putting you know like slicking your hair and doing stuff like faffing about but just being like honestly it's so unprofessional in all of my days yeah. god we're so great actors yeah who wouldn't want to yeah. hang around with us should I tell you about the point on identical when we were doing an evening tech in Manchester when and we'd moved because we had 40 new kids in the show because there were 20 kids in each uh, group. And I was the only one that had to stay for this evening tech because I was the only one in the first section of the show with the kids. And we'd been teching for a few hours and it hit like 8.30, but we were coming up to the end. And I was like, oh, okay, I was thinking about what I was going to have for dinner. I was getting ready to go practically. And I suddenly saw the kids like traipse off stage into the auditorium and all the kids that were watching in the auditorium, like standing up and getting their stuff together. And I turned to the dance captain and I was like, are we about to start again? And he was like, yeah. <laughs> and we had to start the whole show again and tech the new kids in. Oh my Can God. Can you bear it? Ellie. Can you imagine getting to the end of a tech and it's like, okay, and then back to the top. That's not right. What's the union doing there? Come on, you've got to be on the phone to someone. <laughs> Work is right. Yeah, I I ended up, I almost cried because the wardrobe assistant tried to teach me how to tie up a bow tie. And it was like 9.30 at night. I was absolutely spent. And I was so, I threw such a childish tantrum. It wasn't my finest hour. And I just go, oh God, I'm bored. And then just started crying. And then she like had to do it for me, like put it around my neck. And then she's like, and now you just need to find the hole and just loop it through. And I was like stomping my feet and being like, I can't find the hole. I can't do it. It's so funny because just only tech makes people behave in these ways. It's so particular. Like if you watch the number of people in like floods of tears at the identical tech over a bit of costume or a hairpiece or whatever but it's this something so particular about it you're so inundated with new stuff and information and the hours are so obscene and you normally haven't seen daylight all day and you're just so sick of everyone and everything and it's just such an exhausting combination of waiting around and then having to do things again and again and again and it just turns everyone into like the worst children yeah, yeah, like yeah. petulant children yeah it's very cabin fever-esque it's very infectious the one upside is that I'm sharing a dressing room with the boys and there's only one other boy in the car so 
we have a lot of space. And I didn't know the actor very well beforehand. And we kind of sat in silence for a few minutes and he just blurts out of nowhere. He was like, I don't know why I have to get this off my chest, but I, I watch Real Housewives. So clearly, psychically, I was like giving off big vibe. I'd not said you say anything. psychically, how have you not said anything all process? Um, I was like, I think he may have That is not like you, James. It. No, he may have sensed it because we had like, a, a, during our table work, I really took it to a place of like, I'm really into, into Mormon women right now. And, um, which oh, is- Oh, he sensed it. So he sensed it. He was like, <laughs> I may have a Salt Lake City watcher on my hands here, but it's just fun. It's something in my aura. I mean, maybe it's the mustache or something. But or he Googled you and saw that you have that a That I'm a big name. Yeah, obviously. That you're a huge name in the Housewives at BravoCon. Voice I think they were the talking people. about us at BravoCon, exactly, were, as yeah, the voice of the where people. Where was our press we're like Graham. Exactly. We're like Graham Norton for Eurovision. <laughs> oh, <laughs> us as a couple of commentators, if only. One day, maybe. Yeah. So, yeah, we've had lots of lovely chats about Beverly Hills and uh, I really dug my claws into him. And now each week he comes to me. It's very sweet. He's got his like little piece of paper and he made notes the night before on the reunions and we'll we'll have our little discussion. Oh, yeah, it's very sweet. I love it. so sweet. Yeah. Whereas a guy I'm seeing said he listened to like five, like two uh, minutes of the podcast yeah. and then was like, actually, this is very weird to be listening to the voice of someone that you've only been on a couple of dates with and you don't know anything about Real Housewives. And that's what he, he says I feel like he started listening and he was like whoa <laughs> I don't, <laughs> don't want to know this side of you <laughs> I feel like it was a hard like put it back in the box <laughs> that's good but he stuck around after two minutes of listening to the Housewives archives that's a keeper right there I think that's I think that's how long most of our listeners yeah like, yeah we think <laughs> we're getting thousands of listens but actually it's just the first a thousand people being like, like nope and not for me <laughs> Oh. Oh. Right. Speaking of which, shall we? Yeah, should we talk should we about our size? Um, so we're here right. today to talk about Beverly Hills, and I'm so excited because it is amazing the difference. I was so exhausted talking about New Jersey by the time, especially because we're doing it all in one go, where it's been such a treat to go back to Beverly Hills, and yes. it's been the the second half, the end of this season has been such good content and such. Um, I thought this was one of the best reunions for Beverly Hills. So good. It's been so a, brilliant. a really solid season. I have to say there's egg on my face because I predicted this time last year that last season was very good solely and uniquely because of this freak incident with Erica. And my fear was yes, that this yeah. season as a follow-up would just be back to usual Beverly Hills. And they've really kept the momentum going in some really surprising, interesting ways. Yeah, it's been really good. And also it, there's something about the dialed up quality of even just like the color color palette of Beverly Hills often means that even a dull episode doesn't feel as dull because you'll have Lisa Rinna walking in wearing a kind of gloved full lycra gown or something with yes. like Barbie. It, 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 everything feels so heightened that it rarely feels and I, dull. I, yeah, I do think I've gotten to a place with all with kind of Housewives as individuals and Housewives as different cities where I kind of just take them for what they are. And I completely, after Jersey being what it is, it's quite a nice salve to just dip back into this Total gaudy, materialistic, materialistic gaudy. camp it's, world. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's I, the camp, it's the high it campness is. that I've really loved. And I've loved that it's much soapier in a kind of cliched, they're all very good. They're all at the top of their game. It feels nice as well with New York. I'm just feeling so sad about New York sort mm. of coming to what feels like an end. Mm. And no matter what they do with it. And somehow Beverly Hills seems to be like 
tracking on forward without running out of steam from in strength a way to that strength. I find comforting because mm-hmm. I feel very sad about New York. Like yes. it feels like New York, I'll only ever get to go back and watch old seasons. I don't think I'll ever have the same excitement for new stuff. It's like one of those like catastrophic moments in life where you like cling on to those that you hold dear. You realize you don't know what you've got till it's gone, you know? Yeah. At the thought of potentially never seeing Sonia Morgan on my screen ever again, I'm going to take Lisa Rinna, warts and all, and I'm going to exactly. hold her close to my bosom where she belongs. <laughs> Um, right so where did we leave off with Beverly Hills we kind of left off just before things get really really juicy so it was around the Aspen trip so you might have to remind me did we cover an episode in Aspen I think so I think we got as far as them all sitting around in Aspen with slight kind of altitude weirdness going on Mm. talking about where Kyle was just doing the show and was trying to get them all to talk about Garcelle and Sutton unfollowing Erica on Instagram and it's funny because even saying that now Sutton becomes such a minute part of the show pretty much after that moment that Mm -hmm. it's really hard for me to remember that that was the drama that we left off on like I can't even remember Garcelle and Sutton being annoyed at Erica because Mm -hmm. from that moment on it the show is so dominated by Erica and Kathy Hilton and and Lisa Rinna yeah that Sutton becomes the kind of voice of reason yeah there's definitely a veritable shift I mean if I remember correctly when we were doing discussions of the episodes earlier on in the season we kind of kept saying how it's almost like Diana was cast as this replacement for Erica and it was so interesting to see her sort of scuttle up to her as a bit of a beater and like introduce herself and she's saying these things like slander and everyone's just ignoring her and it seems like she's being oh my gosh, erased yeah. from the, the, the her sort of disney villain yes absolutely just like wasn't and then the only thing was she was just like a sloppy kind of side um dish yeah sort of cream spinach actually yes. no, i love cream spinach so that's like an artichoke example, dip like, of, a, of yeah a yeah where it, it was just a bit blah and you've got kyle being like this is so great i've never seen erica like this and we're all like honey she's like all over the floor but mm-hmm. it's it's like she was like a spillage. Yeah. And then suddenly we get this real gear shift with Aspen. So I guess what started it is this whole thing with Garcelle with the earrings and the conversation when Eric is quite drunk. No surprises really there. Mm-hmm. All back at one of their houses, Carl's house, whatever, of Garcelle saying, but wouldn't you... So, so let me get this right because... I was re-watching this bit today and I, I imagine we're going to come down quite hard on Erica. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to understand what she was actually saying, which here's the side of Erica's argument that I do understand. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's easy for the women to keep saying, oh, well, I would do this or I would, where it's like, yeah, but you don't, you're not in that situation and you're not having the counsel of what to do in yeah. the way where I do understand that Erica's point is like, it's easy to say when you're not in that situation, right. or I would give them up because it would look better or whatever, that you can't really comment on what you would do if you don't. The, the moment when Erica's saying to Crystal, give me actual facts, it's like, it's one of those situations it's very easy to talk a lot about mm-hmm. without having hard information behind of exactly what your situation and circumstances Mm-hmm. I think it plays like that, especially on Beverly Hills, because if it was Jersey and you had someone like Dolores being like, it's not good. I would give back the earrings. I would. It's not right. 
but with Beverly Hills, they do just come across as very concerned about image and projecting a, a sense of concern. Yeah. Or, so it, it always it, it inherently registers as slightly more insincere. Yeah, and also I think I think fair enough to ask about the situation, but I think to keep saying to her, "Oh, I would give them back," is it's frustrating for anyone in life if someone says what they would do in your situation differently, but they don't know what your circumstances are. Mm-hmm. I was trying to understand where that kind of came from. So Erica's being. I I don't really know the facts, so I'm I'm being very inarticulate about what the situation is. But she has these seven hundred fifty thousand dollar earrings, but then she's saying they're like one point three million, and they're trying to be claimed by the court as part of like her the settlement for settlement, yeah. and she's trying to hold on to them, and all of the women are saying that she should give them up. But it does strike on this. I don't even know if nerve is the right word. It's like because she's drunk, it's like it's it sets off an Erica that we know very well where it's like it's the same um don't ever call me a lie don't do that don't do do it's that knee-jerk anger erica thing where it's just unstoppable Mm -hmm. and we have this really interesting dynamic where suddenly it's sort of erica versus all the women yeah and you can see they're all like desperate to stop her from speaking from from saying i mean it's a bit like that scene with taylor in malibu but yeah except they're all way more scared of erica Yeah, yeah 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 so like where with taylor they had no issue and i find that very interesting that with taylor they had no issue kind of like putting their hands on her and literally covering her mouth and being like stop speaking Mm -hmm. I don't want you to say something wrong and with Erica there's like a real distance of she's just like a spinning top and they just sort of there is something about Erica's blow up in this scene in particular that feels like she's uh, mimicking a very learned behaviour and I wonder if it almost feels like she's doing drag of Tom Girardi when he through tantrums at home and there's always these allusions oh, to interesting. him having like a really nasty temper there's something about her that's very like puffing her chest out and like strutting around the house yelling out all this legal jargon being like dismissed without prejudice and you know just like <laughs> circa cum laude and you know it's like, like the opposite of the bit of legally blonde the musical where it's like may i approach yeah. i object yeah yeah it is just like a really dark version of that where it's like she's kind of clearly heard all these phrases before but doesn't really know what it means and she's just sort of spouting it off and i can so imagine tom doing the same thing there right that probably does come across as quite intimidating and yeah the women feel like they kind of don't want to touch that but there's also that delicious balance that does feel very old school beverly hills doesn't it of like a group of women who are very pristine they suddenly have one person who's a complete car crash either because of circumstance or because of substance or a bit of everything that like kim richards taylor armstrong brandy glanville of it all embodied in erica jane right now just causing absolute bedlam but you know what? what's different to those people is there is this new layer of the court of public opinion because it is a different time now to then. And the women would have handled the situation with Taylor, I think, completely differently yeah. in a time where their personas and personalities on social media are up for the kind of court of public opinion. And we are talking about abuse and domestic abuse in a very different way in which they would have all wanted to be on the right side of that. Mm -hmm. argument Mm -hmm. and what i think is very clear now is there is a sense that they all want to navigate their friendship with erica and support for her but with this real awareness of their own public image and that they will be watched in how they respond Mm -hmm. in these moments and i think that that comes up a lot in a in the reunion this idea where erica's saying like your only concern should be for me as your friend but they're all they're going like 
but we're on a TV show where like we're going to get right shit for how we respond. Right. So my concern can't just be for you because I also have a responsibility to put out a certain image of myself. Yeah. And it's like, I think Erica's annoyance is that she's implying I'm just being real and you're all doing the show. Like I'm not holding back. Mm-hmm. And she's like, it's not helpful when Kyle's saying, oh, there are dead bodies. You should just be my friend in that moment. But obviously the reason Kyle's saying that is because she's like, she wants to be clear on the show that she's like, this is morally where I stand on that right. compass. And I I can't be seen to like not acknowledge that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It makes it really interesting with characters then like Cherie, who are so peripheral and also very new to the game. And it's almost like acting like she doesn't know that there's cameras on her when there's that scene where she's in Garcelle's kitchen being like, I keep the earrings. <laughs> And it's I like set. This is like very, like it's very uncontroversial. She's like, honestly, I would. I wish you know the bit when she signed the card from her as well. Yeah, on Garcelle's gift. I wish she hadn't told Garcelle. I think that's so funny. And I wish, I was like, I wish that you'd just done that, and then the person got it and thought it was for both of you. Yeah. I thought that scene was so funny and not to kind of like go on a tangent here, but after that episode, I saw on Twitter, there was a ton of people being like, that was the tackiest move I've ever seen. And shame on Cherie. She should have Garcelle's back like a good friend. Like, oh, I see she's siding with the Fox Force 5. Like I knew she was a snake. And I think that's also an issue, I think, with the ladies on Beverly Hills in particular, where they're operating not only on television, not only in the year 2022, but I think Beverly Hills has a fandom that's particularly sort of voracious voracious and ferocious as well and very tribal and there's this very distinct division in the cast and i think that the women often are judged rather than by their character by where they land on any given argument it's just frustrating these like paradoxical demands that i feel like a lot of the fans make on the women where they resent that there are these two monoliths that are seemingly mm. impenetrable and everyone scuttles away to their respective sides. But also if, you know, Garcelle were to agree with Rinna over a hypothetical situation, then she'd probably get pilloried online because of it, because she's like betraying Sutton and she's like siding yeah. with the enemy. And it's I- a bit like you get it a lot with um, body positivity where people find body positive influences that they love and mm. who clearly like it means an enormous amount for them. And it's such a wonderful thing. But then if those body positive influences, if their bodies change at all, people are like outraged Mm -hmm. because they needed them to stay like that. But the point of body positivity is to love your body however and to just like have an acceptance, whatever. And it's really difficult. It's like you can't, people can't need them to stay in their tribes because then the show is sort of pointless. Yeah. And then you get someone like Crystal, who's this really interesting case study where I feel like she's not really been adopted by either side. And also the fans don't really know yeah. what to do with her. Where it's... I'm excited to talk about Crystal later. She's right. very confusing. And she... in a way that I think maybe she exhibits more nuance than the show can deal with. I think there is a lot of that. I think she's smarter than probably most of the women on the show. And I think she takes every case on a case-by-case basis. I think she has a really strong moral code. And that can vary depending on 
sometimes yeah. she lands on one side sometimes the other and it's just funny because i've been tracking it and it does seem to be whenever she happens to agree with erica and rinna she's kind of demonized online and then when she lands with the other women on yeah an, on an item suddenly she's like lumped with them and they're this like beautiful diverse group of women who are kind of being like bullied by the big horrible like witches it's also hard isn't it because it also all reflects back of you know when we've always said there are some people who watch the Real Housewives in an aspirational or or quite, I don't know how to put it because I don't mean this in a derogatory way, like it's Mm -hmm. wonderful, but in quite an earnest way. And there are some people watch it in quite a high camp kind of slightly ironic way. And in that sense, it's also difficult because with all of the franchises, like we want the villains Mm -hmm. because the villains are what make it high camp and ludicrous. And if you're too, I'm always kind of amazed by the fandom that gets so angry at the people they consider to be the villains of the show when I'm like, but that's how the show works yeah. to have those villains. And it's almost like if the shows get too, like it's a wonderful thing, but when it seems to have this very like millennial, like liberal democratic audience that want quite rightly, but to talk about diversity or to talk about harder subjects moving forwards and for the show to examine itself. But there is an earnestness that it's like we've always said with Real Housewives of New York that if you start, if you if you expect too much of like Ramona, singer, right? Yeah, she's not going to be Ramona anymore, yeah. and the show won't be itself anymore. And that's a really hard thing to navigate because you think, well, change is so good and so important, but these shows aren't necessarily going to be able to keep up with that kind of change and still remain the kind of glorious high camp entertainment. Exactly, that they have been for years. It's such an interesting existential problem for the show because I, yeah, I. Always- assumed its thesis statement was it's about a load of clueless rich women being clueless so then suddenly it's like do we then have to fundamentally change the show is there a place for the show anymore well and that's what and it's interesting because it feels like what they're going to do with new york i might be wrong but is to do that and Mm. be like can the show work as more of an aspirational thing Mm -hmm. now i don't know if it can and i think in a way we have to be thankful for people like erica who continues to fill that sort of villain role and just not care mm-hmm. supposedly about public opinion because that's what allowed the show to even like we were saying the end of the season was way more interesting or dramatic yeah. for it yeah because you need someone like erica who's there being like i don't give a shit about anyone else but me yeah like how amazing that she could say something like that someone like can't like they could never they mm-hmm. could the other women could never say something like that because they know that that's terrible and that's where someone like garcelle or Kyle, to a degree, actually hold very safe positions on the show because they know that they'll never say something like that and they can be the voice of reason always and they're always going to win public favor. Exactly, yeah. It's like what we were saying about Danielle on Jersey. Like, it's very easy to just be like Dina and come across like really cool and laid back and you don't exactly. care about the drama. You can't be that unless you have a maverick like Danielle on the But scene. that's it. And like those people then get screwed when those people... when And that's a bit what happened with Lisa Vanderpump when everyone got her off the show and then they were like, ah. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, now we don't have someone... Speaking like of, go up against. Speaking of which, I thought there were shades of that in the aftermath of the Erica blow up. Shades of Erica. That sounds a bit like it could be a title of one of the many books that you'll write on like the history of Bravo when you're older. The Shades of Erica. Oh yeah, it's like a, yeah. a lovely like double meaning as well. Yeah. Like throwing Wonderful. shades of Erica. Oof. Sunglasses of Erica just covers so many faces. <laughs> I I could go on. <laughs> But yeah, I think the morning after Erica's big blow up in Aspen was one of the best episodes of Beverly Hills I've watched in a long time. I think in no small part because it was where the core collective of the long timers like Kyle, Erica, Rinna, Doree, 
suddenly imploded for a day and yeah, um you saw so them kind of like much like with Lisa not really knowing what to do with themselves and then they sort of ended up doing a lot of intra fighting before they kind of like scuttled back together again and yeah. i think it was a very good moment by having them all separate into their own corners where we really did get to appreciate how good these women can be as individual players there's something very bare bones funny about Rinna scurrying around Aspen in her like red puffer jacket looking for Dorit in every shop with like the do 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 music playing behind her like that's what makes Rinna funny Rinna running in in a wig being like oh my god isn't funny Rinna not knowing when she's funny is funny totally that I also just thought that that whole episode had an extraordinary structure of like you say the where did they go again Aspen no. Oh, Kimosabi. I think sounds like a sushi restaurant. <laughs> yeah, you're Say it one the, more time. Kimosabi. Kimosabi. Yeah. You're pulling a Kathy Hilton here. Like, I know. Homeless, not toothless. Toothless, not homeless. Kimosabi. 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 The structure of that whole episode, like the two, the mirroring of Kyle and Erica waking up in bed the next morning and both being like shell-shocked by the thing the night before. The two separate kind of catch up coffee mornings, one in a kind of ski suit shop and one in a coffee shop. And then that incredible meta moment of them walking past the shop yeah. that they're in while they're mid-conversation and they're like, oh, there they are, don't come in, don't come in. And that sense of not only meta theatricality of like them filming whilst the others walk past, but also it's very rare on the show for them to not want drama, for them to not be like, this is a good opportunity that we've cro-. like. It's odd to have the opposite to what these shows normally do, which is manufacture drama and have people cross paths in order for something like this to happen. The fact that there was something very real in the like not wanting to see each other and also apart from Kathy Hilton, all of them just awkwardly like ignoring walking past them because they didn't want to all be in the same place. Then you have the ludicrous setting of Kiwasabi. Um <laughs> And just like this weird thing where it's like, why does Kyle, like Kyle's obsessed with this place where it's like, I don't get what's, I don't. Are you kidding me? I was convinced that you would have come in today being like, I want nothing more than to be at this hat shop with Carl Richards. Because I know you, you love a good hat. I've seen your bonnet I love a hat. I thought that would have been like Mecca for you. (laughs) Honestly, like... She loves a hat. It's very Kyle, though, because I'd never quite realised all these years. It's like last year when she was like, I love cooking. Everyone knows I love cooking. Or everyone knows I love a margarita. And then you see a montage of her, like, drinking margaritas. And you're like, oh, yeah, I guess you do. But I never... She does wear like, a lot put that of together. I guess hats. she does. I just... I don't understand the whole setting them on fire and how... I find it so awkward, the bit when Kyle's, like, Instagramming is, like, videoing setting the hat on fire and she's like we're lighting some benjis it's so dorky it's so sweet i don't know what's happened to me i'm really enjoying Kyle. i know this is it's very, very weird yeah. but also even just like shots off a gun i just don't get the whole thing mm-hmm. but what a perfect setting for this amazing moment of bless her i mean i say bless her i think she's really like dark energy i think there's something really weird about kathy hilton and mm-hmm. i will get into later why i find her quite triggering mm-hmm. but I do think she got a lot of shtick from the show for this tequila, for how much she's trying to push her tequila. And I do buy the thing she says of, 
I didn't think that they would put in every moment that I pushed yeah, the tequila yeah. because it was always like side bits. It wasn't the main event. So I kept doing it thinking it's what we always say, like if you come up with like a, a snappy a, a one funny line, and yeah. you'd say it loads of times. Yeah. The show did do her dirty by like constantly showing it. And they didn't include it all those other times. They maybe did include it once before. So it's like they did do the thing she was worried that they do of them disregarding all the time she's done it save for the one right. montage that looks really damning of her looking really mercenary exactly and also just the other women were so ungracious about it where like it's so true what Andy Cohen's saying that we've all been through all of your things yeah. that you're all selling yeah and they did really send her off on that it is very funny and also Lisa Rinna's whole thing of very innocently like I just honestly I just wanted to try my friend Kendall ja- shut up yeah yeah you don't on camera go like oh I just need to try my friend Kendall Jenner's tequila that's delicious or whatever mm-hmm. it's like it was a weird stagey moment even if they hadn't been doing shots I just of- I don't believe that Lisa Showbiz Rinna who lives in LA has never tried some of Kendall Jenner's tequila before until she gets to Aspen of all places. It's also not like Kendall Jenner needs the advertising yeah, yeah, yeah. from Lisa Rinna. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, let Cassie have her tequila be the main tequila on the show. It's not, mm-hmm. it's like Bethany's had enough fucking skinny girl out there. Yeah, yeah. But it is a funny troll and it gets the gears moving. And it's great. And obviously Cathy has this like amazing, I was going to say sort of, childish reaction but it's actually it's sort of dark it's like gruffer than that and she again seems to be somewhere where when, once she's angry it's just yeah complete blinkers and kyle is so well trained in it where you can just see i feel so bad mm. for her she goes from this like giddy childlike glee that she yeah. has everyone at her favorite place in the world and like the blood just pours from her face and she knows she predicts it perfectly she's like this is going to be my fault because yeah i didn't stand up for you which would look like, so manic if you were to like march over to Rinna slap the 818 out of her hands and be like you're drinking Kathy's tequila and Kathy's tequila only that's so unreasonable it's true that both of her sisters from the start in fact I think we should just talk about Kathy and Kyle and and sort of power through from the start it's somehow from season one Kyle has been the kind of front man of the whole of the franchise of Beverly Hills and Kim and now Kathy both have expected as front man for her to make them look good when they can't make themselves look good or when anything goes wrong for them in a way that it's true. She do- Everything does always fall down on her in this way of like, but Kyle, everyone's going to look to you. So how you respond will dictate the outcome. Mm-hmm. Putting her in a position where she's constantly asked to say stuff that either wasn't true or to do that thing endlessly of being like, I didn't hear that. So like, no, don't say that, that that happened or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it means I do feel that Kyle carries this weight on the show of everyone, Erica the night before, everyone always being like, Kyle, I need you to respond how I'm responding Mm -hmm. because that will set the tone of the show. Mm -hmm. And it does mean that she carries that sort of oldest child sensibility a lot of people have where it's like everything is your responsibility. Which is so weird because she's the baby of the family. Yeah, it's exactly. so, everything so is so topsy turvy. We've said it before about like in the Kim episode, the whole Richards family I find so, so dark. It's so dark. old Hollywood. The spirit of Big Kathy lives on through them. There's some serious trauma there. I literally want a documentary. I want a Netflix documentary about Big Kathy and about all three of them. Just talking about. I mean, I was about to talk about the reunion, but actually. Well, no, I'll say this briefly about the reunion and, and then I think we should talk about Cathy's sort of meltdown. But their interaction in that reunion and especially those last moments where Kyle's saying what's wrong and Cathy Hilton won't talk to her and walks off. And I wrote to James saying, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I actually found this sort of mildly triggering 
in terms of, you know, my dad can behave like that sometimes. And I've never felt sadder for Kyle than that reunion and that sense of if she gets upset, she's told she's a martyr and she's told that she's making it about mm-hmm. her. Mm-hmm. But when she doesn't get upset, then she's kind of accused of not caring enough or like not being, not trying to make it better. It seems that the only way she can win with her sisters is if everything is on their terms and everything makes them look good. And Kyle must just wish they weren't on the show. Like, I don't understand how she copes with the public face of that and the the public humiliation of it mm-hmm. as well. And I just found that footage with uh, her and Kathy at the end, I just found so humiliating and so mm-hmm. deeply, deeply unfair to ev- to do that to some. It's so manipulative to say you're annoyed about something and say, well, I don't want to talk about it. I'm going to... And, and especially it was a really particular moment that killed me when Kathy does the thing of saying, you didn't even say two words. And then it's like, oh, bye, thank you. And mm-hmm. you're immediately really nice to someone else mm-hmm. right in front of them. And it's like this private moment where it's a really horrible behavior yeah, to do yeah. to someone. Yeah. And you see it take its toll on Kyle in a physical way. There's something about her that just like shrinks and recedes. Oh my God. The way, uh, the way of t- going to someone... I'm annoyed with you, but I'm going to hide it and be lovely to everyone. It's somewhere between a sort of, I'll deal with you later, or I won't. We just won't have a relationship. And what you're doing is immediately reminding someone how lovely you can be mm-hmm. to someone. It's just yeah, yeah. it's just horrible. Yeah. There's a lot of discourse on the show with Kyle and again online with Kyle. Kim says it in Amsterdam, like, Kathy would have had my back like a, you know, God, what was that? Oh, God, it's been... <laughs> that was... That was... <laughs> <laughs> Very Halloween appropriate, yeah, yeah. whatever it was. <laughs> Kathy, what? Kathy, what hell? My back. Oh, no. What's my? What's my? Oh, I had my eye drops and. Uh, uh, it's very oh, Patty and Selvin. This back. is. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> long story short, Kathy would back me up like a good sister you're not backing me up so you're a bad sister there's like a very clear binary and there's like a lot of that online right now where there's this thing of if Kyle were a good sister and Kyle wants to save her relationship with Kathy she should back her up 100% all the time oh my god is this a New Jersey like crossover this is it's it's giving me like a trigger warning it's like yeah even hear the term good sister it's so Teresa Judice how family can be used in this really toxic manipulative way so toxic and there's something kind of queer about Kyle's experience where maybe there's an argument that it's like her family are actually really toxic for her and they don't accept her for who she is. So she's sort of solace with like Rinna and Erica and Dorit and they're like yeah. her new adopted queer family. That You know, there's something like that where normally yeah. in society we'd be like, great, be your authentic self and find people who accept you for who you are. But suddenly here we're yeah. like, shame! You know, like <laughs> reinforce. Like clearly she is like, I hope yeah. she's seeing a good therapist because it's so odd. Oh, yeah. It's honestly a miracle that she's come from such a dark familial background that still haunts her to this day the my god the power that their mother has over her both of them and she seems to be in all facets of life very well adjusted totally well adjusted and emotional and and just trapped in a very difficult situation but as you say especially away from her sisters just like by far the most stable yeah emotionally and sort of self-aware perhaps of any of the women which is why she's held this position as a sort of voice of reason and sort of straight man of the group for so long but then it's moments like that where i go back and forth where i do think she shouldn't be on the show with her sisters 
But then last year, we have them at the reunion where Carl's like, I thought it was a great idea to get Kathy on the show. I thought it would be so much yeah. fun. And you're like, hang on. You know, you've been down this road before with one sister. Yeah. You've fallen out with Kathy many times. Like, what were you expecting? So then part of me goes, I don't know. I, it depends how charitable I'm feeling any given day. Yeah, but maybe when Kathy was a sort of side player, it was just sort of fun and funny. And I don't know. I don't think anyone could have guessed what was coming. I think that was the issue for both Kyle and Kathy. I think they both were happy with Kathy being a friend of because it meant she could kind of carefully curate these cameos where she peddles totally, her tequila. and Kathy could just be funny. Exactly. And, and they... I think Kathy, bearing in mind that it's not like they had a big fight on screen or something this season. So this wasn't in Kathy's plan. Yeah. To be seen, like you say, she's had a very um, tailored appearance and Rinna comes in and reveals oh my this gosh. huge meltdown from Kathy Hilton and suddenly Kathy Hilton's just far more involved than she wanted to be because now she's managed to having barely been in the season become like the villain yeah. of the whole season and exposed as having just as like deeply a toxic relationship with Kyle as Kim had where from last season we probably would have been like oh they seem much closer or more yeah. well adjusted yeah. than Kim and Kyle so is there anything more quintessentially Beverly Hills than this whole Kathy Hilton meltdown storyline it's something that it's incredible. like conveniently happens off camera it gets very meta and self-referential it's all about positions of power on the show and it all devolves into yeah. like a she said she said where it's pretty much split along party lines and everyone's already made their minds up before the things even played yeah, out. It's amazing. Re-listening to our episode on Lisa Vanderpump, it's actually we, we really predicted it well in terms of the trajectory of Kathy on the show, where her first season she was this really kooky beloved character, yeah. and then suddenly like the tides turn and it's her turn to be in the villain seat, as it were. I'm sorry, it's such a rookie move of Lisa Rinna not to have recorded Kathy's meltdown surreptitiously. Like, come on, she's Well, especially because if you're gonna try and blag this whole I've been traumatized, I was abused by Kathy Hilton, and then you're gonna keep having the text pop up on the screen that's basically like please don't say anything this it was really hard or whatever and be like i'm being gagged yeah, by yeah. kathy hilton i'm yeah. being intimidated into not speak i'm being silenced right. and it's like got a little heart at the end and it's <laughs> like, thank you <laughs> and it's just so ludicrous although i did live for kathy hilton being like and also the text isn't on my phone oh like my God. she like checkmate the text is you made up the text and lisa renner is able to just very quickly be like um it's on my phone and andy cohen has to just be like the text is here and then it's just like there's something they just awkwardly move on <laughs> it's what makes a really good housewife someone who's clearly so oblivious a villainous genius but also is technologically so inept totally that she like so good put on her reading glasses got her phone out and was like Lisa Rinna text delete and that's delete. it's gone problem yeah. solved <laughs> <laughs> who who can prove it's like she's gone into the matrix and like hacked exactly. Rinna's phone so good I think everyone's made up their minds which I think is a testament to the fan base Base, but also I think Rinna doesn't help with the optics of everything because it is a bit of a boy who cried wolf situation where I'm sorry Lisa Rinna has given us some great totally. shenanigans over the years but she hasn't exactly in the process presented herself as a particularly reliable narrator it's but totally but Andy Cohen hits on that when she's saying this is the most traumatizing thing I've ever seen and Andy Cohen's like mm. but a you've seen a lot of things but you've screamed and shouted at people like everything this is describing is no different from the way that lisa's behaved even earlier in the season with sutton where exactly like you say it's very difficult for her to sell how shocking this was to her because it does just sound like everything else and as a result i think she really doubles down on this shocking thing and ends up saying ludicrous statements like 
I've been traumatized. I've been abused. If I didn't say anything, then it was going to kill me and turn into cancer. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, insane. I think Kathy, there's a very distinct split for me between how Kathy plays this meltdown on the show and then how she plays it on the reunion. Mm. And they're two very different tactics. And I think she has a real winning one on the show. And then she kind of like loses momentum on the reunion. Although can we laugh about when she does just just like the most classic child move when she bursts into tears about her friend dying of cancer oh yeah and it's like it's such that's like me in all my relationships when you're in trouble and you know you've screwed up and so you just start crying about something and you're like if they feel bad enough then they're gonna let me off the hook for this yeah yeah yeah. they they just won't be able to bear watching me cry that is literally ellie nun 101 is just like i'm having a really hard time and actually it's something really bad is happening in my family yeah 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 And then, and then like two seconds later, <laughs> she's like putting her cowboy hat on yeah, and she's yeah. like, ma'am, I'm back to the bond rocher. And it's like, oh my God, what is going on? Haunting, oh. chilling. Um, this is another thing with the optics of the text. I think if you're going to, sh- if I was Rinna and I wanted to give this story credence, I wouldn't text Erica and give that to pro- the producers my best friend and someone who the fans also hate i text crystal or garcelle i'd like cross Mm -hmm. the the trenches if you will Mm -hmm. it's like little things like that and then it's the behavior at the party of like at the great gatsby party and like i have i have to go like she's an inherently soapy person and it's what makes her a great performer but when she's constantly performing to the back row and chewing the scenery it doesn't exactly help her case when she's so dramatic she also then in an attempt to make kathy's meltdown as dark as possible we get a lot of talking heads from her kind of overcompensating the other way and contrasting it to kathy's public image and being like kathy's a polished loving mother a pillar of the community and it's like she's not jackie kennedy she's not She's yeah. like Paris Hilton's mum. I think even the fans of Kathy Hilton would just be, she's this like mad rich woman. There's like talking yeah. about her like she's a pillar of what community? And there's also a bit of, again, Lisa Vanderpump treatment where it's lots of Rinna going, I don't know why everyone's so scared of Kathy Hilton. What power does she have over you that you're so afraid of her? And it's like, I don't think anyone's Who's scared, scared of Kathy Hilton. Hilton. They're yeah. both very fallible people who misbehave. Yeah. It's again, this like projecting the superhuman mythological yeah. strength onto them that I don't think they have. Yeah, the scene with Rinna at Kyle's house, it was a really interesting dynamic because it seemed to be two players, one who's a season pro and one who's still relatively new to the game. But actually the season pro kind of gets fucked over by their own experience. So mm. I think if Kathy were better versed at the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, she would have come in with the usual tactics, like the Denise or the the Lisa Vanderpump of it all, and kind of just like deny everything, obfuscate, beat around the bush, run away. But mm. she kind of, it was very refreshingly open when she came in and yeah. was just like, yeah, I said a lot of things. I was very angry. It wasn't a good look and I am sorry. And Rinna was kind of completely blindsided by that because because it's such yeah, a usual yeah. tactic. So Rinna's then in this weird thing where she keeps being like, I'm sorry, Kathy, I'm not going to let you get away with it. And it's like, but what more is there? Like, like- she, she said sorry and she specifically was like, and I apologize to you, Lisa, for putting you yeah, in that yeah. position. It was probably very intense. So it's like <laughs> Rinna clearly had like come in yeah. with this like dusty old script and this dusty old delivery that she's previously yeah. used for Denise, thinking she was going to get another like, ooh, you're so angry. <laughs> but she had nowhere to go with it. So she just sort of barreled on through and it didn't really 
really make any sense and it just came across as very smug and sanctimonious as Renault yeah. is wont to do. And then it also undercuts the whole argument from seasons past with Lisa Vanderpump. Sorry, I keep going on about Lisa Vanderpump, but I think there's some parallels It's okay, there. I miss her too. But like where people keep saying, it's not about what she did. If she just owned up to it and was open and honest and apologized, totally. we should all move on. It's like, well, here we go. Kathy's apologized for it and she was honest. And and you wouldn't have let it go. It's still a big deal. Like you're still yeah. harping on about it. Yeah. It's kind of like a dog chasing a squirrel and then it ends up catching it one day and doesn't know yeah, what to do with it. Yeah, and it doesn't know what to do. Yeah. Do you have anything else to talk about or should we talk about the finale? Oh, with that scene? Yeah. Do you want me to talk about Kathy and Lisa in the reunion or were you going to get to that after the finale? Yeah, I was just going to go chronologically, but we can talk about the reunion stuff. Yeah, let's talk about them at the reunion because then I think Kathy actually really suffers because she's then clued in a bit more as to how the ladies on Beverly Hills operate. Totally. And she tries to do exactly. And she turns up and she's just like, it's sort of perfect and it's great entertainment, but they're they're just both so crap at it. And Cassie does exactly like you were saying before. She just like dodges, turns everything on Lisa Rinna, like you're the biggest bully in Hollywood. You got Lisa Van Pop the show. You've had problems with everyone. She doesn't sort of, she's no longer accountable for anything that she said and also just tries to say which I totally buy the thing of do you remember being like I get it I get it you're preaching to the coin I'm like Lisa Rinna definitely said that like oh completely we've yeah. all seen footage of Lisa Rinna in the back of the car with everyone she's with ever like agreeing or being on their side in a way where now that I think is a strong argument for Kathy Hilton which would be that to instead of denying what you did would be to just really play up that Lisa Rinna is exaggerating her response. And I think those moments, Kathy is right. Like when Lisa's like, it was dark and she's like, right. we were in like a fully lit kitchen. This is ridiculous. Yeah, like yeah. Yeah. I think playing it like, look, I lost my temper and you are now turning this into this, like I was traumatized by Kathy Hilton thing. That is her strongest argument to Completely. follow. It's almost like she... Like with the deleting of the text, it's doubly embarrassing because it's like you're covering up for something you didn't need to cover up. You've already admitted on camera admitted that it. you had a and meltdown it, and apologised. Like, exactly. And those things, I think she just, even when Andy Cohen was saying all the stuff she said and she's like, nope, I don't remember saying any of that. I'm like, it, at this point, it would have been stronger to just go, look, it was a really bad night and I'm really ashamed yeah. of how I behaved Yeah, and end it. Even with like the name checking of like, you bullied Lisa Vanderpump off the show. You bullied Camille off the show. It just felt like she suddenly hired some Twitter gays to sort of give her some good material. And it was like name checking so that fans would be like, yeah, like take her down. Did you send her a list, James? I did. Did she listen to the podcast? (laughs) (laughs) She's bankrolling the podcast. Um... And but weirdly, didn't mention Denise. And I actually think if you're going to go down that road, that would be like the strongest one. I feel like seen that season, honestly. Well, like the other ones, it's least stuff on the show. But I think there is an argument to be made of Lisa. You have a habit of like picking on stuff that hasn't occurred on camera and like mm-hmm. bringing it in and harping on about it when everyone else yeah. wants to drop it. But then, yeah, but she clearly just hasn't watched the show. Um, but that's it. And also, if she'd been more keyed into what the response would be, then she, which some of the other women like Garcelle very quickly picked up on, she would have made the argument far more like, look what this is doing to Kyle. Yeah. Let it go. And instead, she ended up just hurting Kyle as well. 
Yes, I, I again. It's like strategically, it's like if you no really want to fuck Rinna over, be like, we're more united, united than ever. Her. Right, you exactly. Rather us. than you're just giving her fodder and like emphasizing their argument. Yeah. Um, which is really difficult. What was annoying about this reunion is that the stuff that came up in the finale wasn't really addressed. That was another thing. No, I was going to say that. Fu- yeah, sorry. Yeah. No, you go. Well, that was another way in which I thought Kathy fucked up, where one of the really damning things was this sort of cliffhanger we ended on, where it seems like Erica's publicist leaked the stuff. And then Kathy was very quick to be like, no, I don't believe that would happen. He's Nikki's publicist. It's like, no, like lean into it. Go on. Like, Yeah. Let's talk about the finale, because then I just before we finish, I just want to talk about Erica in the reunion quickly and Crystal in the reunion quickly. Mm. So, yeah, I don't actually have much to say about the finale. Um, I thought it was a great... I mean, I thought, oh, do you remember that we were... Our intro was going to be us doing that amazing bit where oh. Rinna and Erica seem to be in like a scripted... Let's do it now. Who's going to be Erica? Who's going to be Rinna? Well, no, I don't have it written oh. down. Do you? No, but it like just descends into... It's like, I didn't read it. Did you read it? I haven't heard it anywhere. I didn't no, read no, it. Did I you did, see it? No, 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 at all. That's funny, isn't Wasn't it? Wasn't me. Mm-hmm. Very, very convenient if you do say so It myself. was honestly, it was incredible. In fact, I insist that you find that bit and that you put that on the Instagram right. for this episode because it's honestly, it's like, who's on first? It is. Um, it's such a vaudeville act that they do. It's incredible. And then it just devolves into this like nervous babbling between that it's so incriminating it's so funny it's incredible they're such funny clowns it's like you could almost remake home alone and have them as marvin harry the burglars <gasps> wouldn't that be so good so uh, like a high-end be so good oh james you could be macaulay culkin and i could be Catherine. Oh, oh yes finally you, you said <laughs> yes like like it might have been the other way around <laughs> <laughs> ouch yes. yeah um, oh. <laughs> honestly my favorite film of all time i know put it in your press put that in your press <laughs> <laughs> makes you feel any better i forgot my reading glasses i oh, have to watch that in a few weeks there was like a random jump scare which i loved of faye resnick in the background just like unmiked he was there so the good. whole time being like no that is not fair no, 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 no. Yeah. so good kathy's an amazing girl happy halloween yeah also i was like oh no not faye because that's gonna that's just not gonna help kathy's argument yeah, yeah. <laughs> faye go away but this is why when you put the work in People listen Mm -hmm. to you and that I feel that Kyle has, she's not one to like throw out an accusation willy nilly. Mm -hmm. So there was something about her openly accusing Erica of leaking stuff to the press that felt very unlike her. You really buy it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you you buy it. I don't think she'd come out swinging like that unless she had good proof. No, it was a good, it was a good sudden like cliffhanger of a season and it was a real shift. I mean, it does make me laugh the way it's always like, I mean, now it's all over the blogs and I'm like, you are on a reality TV show where it's weird to me that they're always surprised by that. I know. It's what we always say. It's always that thing where it's like, or I spoke about it in private, but it's like you're on TV. It's whatever one it's not. Exactly. It's very strange. I also enjoyed that it was like a really small party, but that the camera angles kept trying to make it look like a much bigger party than it was. And then every now and then there'd be a wide shot and you'd be like, yep, that's 15 people. I know. They were all dressed like it was for like a Russian gala. But there was like three tables but they were all on one table it was so bizarre and also because of like the camera angles there was that amazing scene where you have them all at dinner and 
Garcelle and Kyle are openly scheming about their plan of attack against Rinna and Erica. And then suddenly yeah. the camera turns and like Rinna and Erica are like right opposite them. It's so, <laughs> I've never seen such overt scheming on this show. So let's talk reunion wise. First of all, the reunion aesthetic is one of the best I think they've ever had. The sort of Beverly Hills Hotel Barbie chic look. It's all just so high camp. What's going on with their outfits though? They never Loved seem it. to Mad. have a consistent, there's never like a theme. None. Like on other reunions on other cities, you can tell there's like nope. black and white theme or, you know, like gold theme, but they just rock up wearing whatever the hell they want to wear. Literally, it's always just like pastel neons. Yeah. Like <laughs> for one, for the one that's like the most preoccupied with aesthetic pleasure, it's the one that ha- makes no goddamn sense. But I kind of loved that. It literally was just all neon and all like whose hair can be the most scraped back into yeah. a ponytail. Like yeah. they're obsessed with the scraped back and the big, mm. I mean, maybe that's how I'll be rocking my hair in. 10, 20 years, who knows? Mm. So I just wanted to talk about Crystal quickly and this thing of, I felt so confused by my own response to, as I'm sure lots of people did, that I felt so behind Crystal on the subject of eating disorders Mm -hmm. and so shocked that the women couldn't see how bad it felt right back to that stuff with Taylor where for people who are so aware of their own public image, I was amazed that they weren't more sorry and embarrassed by what the way that Erica was just a bit like, yeah, I mean, I said it because that's what I would do, or like, yeah, yeah, that was a mistake, or whatever. And the way that Dorit made it like, just like stared at her I, with her bug eyes and literally, I was where shocked. I just thought, how can you not on something like that just go, yeah, you're so right, I shouldn't have yeah. mentioned. It was, it was really weird. This blind spot. I don't know whether that's just like a topic. I don't know whether they're just all a bit uneducated on eating disorders or like it's more normalised in their life. I don't know. I just thought that that was really, really bizarre. Then straight afterwards, we have this this thing where everyone seems confused at Crystal's accusation that Sutton said something very dark. And once again, Crystal is held up for the semantics of what she's saying. And what I do understand, or at least I think I understand, and I think is made particularly clear by Crystal's response later in the reunion when Kyle, once again, is slightly dismissing something she said. When Garcelle is talking about having a different response and Crystal's agreeing with her, and Kyle's like, Crystal, I don't think that that applies to what happened with you. Mm -hmm. And Crystal's like, the bit when she's like, you need to stop, Kyle. Yeah. And I do get that what Crystal's saying is when she says no, you don't understand and you'll never understand, is there are certain things that as much as Kyle wants to go, I get it because I'm quite like Kyle, that I think in general in life, I want to understand in order to empathise with people, in order to say, yeah, if I was in that situation, I would do that. And I think what Crystal's trying to say is there are some situations where you categorically don't understand and you will never understand. And it's not fair for you to dismiss my experience because you don't get it Mm -hmm. when that is my experience. And I think that that's very valid. And I think that that is a really difficult thing on the show that it's easy for them all to be so frightened of being accused of something that looks bad for them on the show that they're actually very dismissive of Crystal, how Crystal feels where she probably does carry a lot of inherent trauma or a totally different lived-in experience mm-hmm. of being one of very few diverse casting on, on a predominantly white show. Completely. However, I think what they're picking up earlier is this thing of that she did sort of specifically say that Sutton said something very dark. And I think that Crystal didn't 
articulate herself very well in that yeah. situation in terms of saying it wasn't just that I found the conversation difficult and I think if she said I found the conversation difficult there would have been less of a dispute over the semantics and she'd have been able to say that was my experience and they say we can't understand that that is your experience and no one can take that from you mm-hmm. but because it made it sound like she was specifically saying a dark comment that was so bad she couldn't repeat it yeah. it is true what they were all saying but you do fill in the blank yourself Mm -hmm. and that by not then saying clarifying that she didn't say something that bad that was going to hang over Sutton in a really compromising way and I think Andy Cohen sort of trying to clarify that as well and I think Crystal keeps hearing it as them all saying your experience isn't valid yeah when actually it's so tricky it's like it's so much more about like the really particular semantics of the way it was phrased and I wish someone was able to say Crystal I absolutely believe that it was a really difficult experience for you and the conversation was very dark content for you and I don't think that that should be dismissed on a separate level yeah the semantics of the way that that was said made it sound like this which is fine as long as it's clear that that wasn't said. Yeah, I think, do you think that they understand that? Because I, to be honest, felt like they left it in just a place where it felt like a bit of revisionist history where now Crystal's apparently a liar. Yeah, I totally. They, it was like they didn't have time to deal with it properly or to have a proper conversation. Well, that was the other thing as well, where it's like, and you feel for, like, clearly she is disregarded. People don't listen to her. And then yeah. trying to explain a very nuanced take on a very personal yeah. issue on a reunion stage. For and then the I think she Hills. often feels rushed and feels like, nope, we've just done your like package, your yeah. sort of VT package, and now we need to get yeah. through this. And so she doesn't necessarily express herself in the way that if you felt very safe and comfortable to explain yourself it would be easier and also if she didn't if it felt non-combative if it felt like they were all listening and supportive she'd probably be able to articulate herself much better than when you feel like you're having to defend yourself explaining a very complicated situation Mm -hmm. to people who are feeling very defensive because they're scared that you're going to make them look racist it kind of felt defensive on the outset even andy seemed to kind of hammer crystal in a way that seemed a bit sort of out of character i don't yeah i don't know if it was handled well i think they were just trying to clarify i think sometimes the show does that thing where it like holds the wrong person's feet to the fire Mm -hmm. and it felt like they had very clear evidence to say but you but you said these exact words and that is what led to this and that didn't happen where i'm a bit like yawn either have a normal proper articulate conversation about that or can we do that to someone else Mm -hmm. on a far more like vapid topic yeah than like the experience of yeah microaggressions or whatever like it's it's just yeah yeah so i just wanted to finish off just talking about erica in that reunion I know we haven't talked much about her individual situation with the legality and it's less that and more firstly I just don't believe a word that comes out of Erica's mouth about her sex life it's so weird I've said it before and I'll say it again this whole thing of like yeah I had some last night like yeah you've got to have like a roster of people you know where I'm just like that is just not True. It's not I true. Just, and I don't know why everyone rewards her. Like, and everyone's like, yes, Erica. And Andy Cohen's like, good. So you got some. And it's just like, why are we just, I wish if someone just went, I feel like it would crumble. <laughs> yeah. Pay it no heat. Yeah. Exactly. If you came, if I had a drink with you and you plonked yourself down and I was like, how are you? And you're like, oh, I just got a good dicking last night. I'd be like, <laughs> are you okay? What's happened to you? 
I wouldn't be like, I like this new Ellie. She's fun. She's loosened up. Yeah, girl. Get it. What? Yes. So weird. Um, But also, it's just such a weird performative like part. It's this whole like trying to keep up this part of your personality where I just don't think that that's how... It's like an alien's learnt about sex and then talks about it in completely the wrong way. Exactly. And it just doesn't sit comfortably in her door. It's just really... I just think it's really weird. And even if she is getting some, it comes across like a complete bullshit. So that's yeah. one of the things. I couldn't believe that Erica chose in explaining her reaction and response to the situation with these victims to use a plane crash analogy. I know, yeah. I noticed that and as she's well. like, Doreen, the plane is crashing. And you can see everyone's like, what? And I just thought, of all the analogies... I know. You start with the plane is crashing, like... Oh my god. Andy Cohen does it a lot, and I don't know if it's intentional. He'll be like, I'm gonna float something, and I'm not sure if this is gonna land, but when you're talking about <laughs> playing crash victims, is this gonna crash and burn the topic of comedy? Like, I really enjoyed the bit when he goes, it's not landing. And she's like, what? Yeah. And he goes, it's not landing. <laughs> and then amazingly, she like mirrors it back a few sentences later when she's like, we're on appeal for legal reasons. Yeah. And he does it, and she goes, we're on appeal. For legal, legal reasons. reasons. And I'm like, it's a play. It's a like, it's just another example of just great, great lines. And yeah. I find her whole thing where it's like, I'm on my phone. I'm not engaging in this and I'm not talking. You know, I kind of respect Erica, but she's just embraced this villain status where she, part of me understands her whole response this season being like, I am just like battered. Yeah. Nonstop. Yeah. And when it's someone else, we're all sort of protecting them but no one's protected me. And I do get that. But then part of me is a bit like, I guess that's where your other choice would have been to just not be on the show anymore. And I think sadly, you are kind of on there now as a constant reminder to people of what happened because you've chosen to stay on the show. And Mm -hmm. that is really difficult. But if you're going to wear £750,000 earrings on a show that's all about like materialistic capitalist sort of wet dreams Mm -hmm. it's going to keep pissing people off yeah so it's really tricky because it's like she's desperate for other people to be kind of villains as well so that it's not just her because i'm guessing there's only so much shit you can take and she does do very well at just letting it because to be honest they all when they're all kind of like you're coming across as callous and hard i'm like how do you think she got this far like dealing with this much shit i like respect to her that she does Mm. just shut down otherwise none of them could take the amount that she's taken yeah for sure i think there's something to be said as well for the fact that erica's fine playing the villain i think most of them are fine playing the villain but our assumption of reality tv villainy before was always it's almost like wrestling where it's like people playing characters and the responses are very much confined to a certain place and of a certain intensity and then it's clearly grown so outsized and vociferous that it gets to the point where Andy Cohen has to talk directly to us, the viewer, to be like, guys, chill out. It's just a show. It's just TV. Yeah, that was mad. To then suddenly flip the switch on what, for the last like 15 plus years, it's like real women being real and like real responses. that was mad. And of course, it's going to be lost on all the people that it who should be listening to it because they're just going to be like, yeah, Rinna. (laughs) (laughs) Calm down on social media. Well, I love that. I I really needed this. I really needed this. And I am so glad all this has done is whet my appetite for the fact that in a couple of weeks, I'm back in New York. Yeah. Oh, we're going to have to. I'm 
so glad. We'll do something. We'll... Um, Don't know what. But... We could do like a video or something instead. We could do... Because I realised that last time we tried to just sit down and talk about our trip, which is lovely and is really fun, but it'd be way more fun to just film while I was there. Ellie, I'm handing that over We could over do to like you. the young person... I'm actually quite, I can do those things. I could make a vlog. Oh yeah, you are a dab hand. A housewives vlog. archives yeah. vlog. All right. So people say if you want that, and you can put lovely faces to names. I mean, it might be hard because like a third of the screen will be taken up by James's tash, but we'll work around it. I'll make. <laughs> I it apologize work. in advance. It is what it is. It's just going to be me with like what looks like one of the Muppets being like. Shall I? Um. I want to name it. I want to name it after a crap housewife, but I need to like think of the right Barbara one. Kay. Barbara K. Barbara <laughs> K. <laughs> yeah, it is a Barbara K of a moustache, isn't it? It's Barbara K in the sense that it like thinks it's really hardcore. Yeah, yeah, and... yeah. It like builds how it's like a girl boss moustache. <laughs> oh, I cannot wait to see you. I'm so oh, excited. So and I'm currently just doing that thing of like screenshotting all of the places I want to go and all the things. And James and I are going to be having Thanksgiving together again, which is so exciting. After last year, I was like hunched up in a ball crying because of the worst period pain I'd ever had in my life. So it can only get better. It really embarrass me. In really front of my embarrassed friends. you. Can't take um. you Send us any ideas me. for places to go in New York as well. Any like That's housewives places. Because genuinely, actually, we love so much hearing from you guys. And honestly... It's the best Just thing. everyone always just sends us like the loveliest, funniest messages. So that would be so lovely to like say anything that you would love to see us go and visit or talk about or do. And um, we'll try and take advantage of the fact that we are actually together. Anywhere is an, an improvement over the Regency. I know this time we're thinking of going to that restaurant that they go to in... In the Bronx. The Bronx Queens. Yeah. In, in the Bronx, yeah. Yeah, That's I need to great. do my research. We need to go there. Oh, like a cold day. Put on our best, like, Fraggle Rock furs. Like yeah. you say, it can only get better than the Regency. <laughs> Truly. Mm. All right. <laughs> I love you lots. I love you too. Good luck with opening. Oh, I've got to do the goodbye. Oh, yeah, you've yeah. got to do the outro. Are we going to talk about like doing anything in the future or should we just leave it for now? <laughs> leave it as a cliffhanger. Yeah, okay. We'll talk about it in New York. All right, this is a one-off special mm, announcement. Mm. TVA. <laughs> Thanks for joining us this week on the Housewives Archives. Make sure to click subscribe so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, we would really appreciate a rating or if you'd simply tell your friends about the show, that would help us out too. Thank you for joining and we'll see you sometime. Sometime. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>